So I'm not going to worry about your level of concern. We talking about Twitter. Think of how stupid the average person is, and then realize half of them are stupider than that. You guys are funny sometimes. We can't speculate and recollate. Why didn't he pick him up with a gun? We mock ourselves. It's the show that says when everyone else goes left with their boring-ass content, February football content. Mock drafts. Lame, ununique things. More mock drafts. We come at you with... The hottest and most toxic takes of the week. Is it the medicine you're looking for? No, but it'll kill you quicker. It's what Jin's talking about. I'm Kyle Kreiss. Across from me is Greg Benevent. Hello. Fun show in the second half. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, TJ Watt was at the Super Bowl and invited... Staff Sergeant Adam Alexander to the game uh, gave him two tickets to the Super Bowl and did a little meet and greet uh, with TJ. So I got to talk to uh, Adam and find out how his Super Bowl experience was, including meeting TJ. Could he take TJ? You know, he was <laughs> he served some tours in Afghanistan. You know, I don't know. Yeah, could he oh, take? Yeah. I mean, I could be. Yeah, I didn't think of it that way. That's the questions that inquiring minds like myself want to know no one else everyone else would talk about uh what's his rush win percentage (laughs) nope i want to know could he lose a a wrestling match to even arm wrestling yeah or thumb or thumb wrestling Mm. thumb wrestling (laughs) all right that's coming up in the second half but right now it's Dude, some of the worst content I've seen out there this week. It I was don't pretty know. bad. I mean, again, it makes sense. The Super Bowl, Super Bowl ending, you know, what Steelers content is there. But this did seem like quite a nadir. Um, and most importantly, it's about speculation and regulation. 22, where are you? Plus two. Forgot that. to do now. QB 22. Plus two. We need some help from you now. You know we've got a mystery to solve. Which QB do we want in gold and black? But don't get sad. If QBs do what they should do, then they can earn themselves a yellow jack. Thought I'd go base, little, you know. I, I, I liked it. I mean, I, I, it was a nice turn. I, I enjoyed it, certainly. Um, all right. It's QB speculation and regulation season. And these takes are just ugh, make me starting with well, this is where it all started. Yes, at Rap Sheet, Ian Rappaport. An off season of QB movement awaits with endless intrigue about the game's most important position. Ugh. With that in mind, here's a breakdown, and then we break down all the QBs, mm-hmm. and we get to Los Steelers mm-hmm. and. The quote here is, with new offensive coordinator Arthur Smith 
The expectation is Pittsburgh will explore adding free agent Ryan Tannehill, with whom he had years with the Titans. What's my... Um, whose who's expectation is this? Is this Ian Rappaport's <laughs> expectations? He doesn't say my expectation. No, he just says the expectation, and it's left very nebulous. Um, I genuinely learned something listening to Dayon Kovacevic's Daily Shot the other evening where he spoke that Ian Rappaport and similar national reporters, they are football reporters, but they don't actually report on football. They're not there at practice. They're not there in the locker room. They apparently barely even talk to players. Who they do talk to are agents and representatives representatives and so whether the i assume this expectation comes from the representatives of ryan tanhill and or mason rudolph uh oh you think mace said oh i bet arthur smith is bringing in tanhill right gonna... i mean just because if nothing else i mean one i don't think mason has made up his mind yet just because the people closest to mason are very strongly say that and two why wouldn't mason's agent be like yeah let's do something else to maybe jack up the price for mace whether he ends up in pittsburgh or elsewhere it's the, you know, the, the wording is, even though it's, you know, it's very vague, you would think mm -hmm. it's all just kind of like, oh, lackluster. No, it's very specific and chosen here because, <laughs> believe me, if Ian Rappaport had, could, could confirm that uh, Ryan Tannehill was coming to, then, you know, it would be like, you know, my sources tell me. Mm -hmm. Instead, it's the expectation. The expectation, the expectation <laughs> of, of what? The, uh, you know, the newsroom back in Bristol? <laughs> or is he, is he SPN? No, he's NFL Network. Right. We um, all voted. Everyone raised their hand and we agreed we have an expectation together. Uh, none of it makes any sense. So, you know, that's very specific wording. Mm -hmm. Specifically um, vague. Yeah. So let's move on to... At Mike Up Sports One, Mike Nicastro, Mason Rudolph is greater than Ryan Tannehill. Like this tweet if you agree. Are you liking that tweet? Is uh, uh you know, is would Tannehill be a downgrade from Mason? I, I haven't seen enough of Tannehill since the year they had the number one seed in the AFC, and I believe they promptly lost to Burrow and the Bengals in the playoffs, even with the bye. Uh, what I would say is I would reverse this uh, greater than sign, have it pointing towards Ryan Tannehill, and have it talk about age. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a big thing I for mean, me. You know, he's 36. Of... We just had Ben at 38 or something. You right, know? and like... Ben is far more of the athlete than Tannehill ever was. I mean, if Mason does decide to move on, Tannehill's probably the second best option out there because he's going to be far cheaper than Cousins. But again, the only reason I'm never willing to write Cousins off entirely is it's entirely possible nobody wants to give him this $90 million that we keep hearing about. Although, you know, my big worry about Mason is mm -hmm. that, you know, he's not – the Steelers aren't going to sit around and wait to see who Mason can deal with to find out with if he can sign. But then, however, I think, well, you know what? No one's going to be eager to sign Ryan Tannehill out there. Maybe they could wait to see what Mason gets and then decide, okay, we, you know, we can call Ryan now if we want. That, I agree with that 100%, and something that just occurred to me is we've spoken before on this podcast about how uh, the Steelers went out and immediately signed Mitch within like an hour of free agency starting, and I'm wondering if now this time they're going to pull the trigger quite that fast. If maybe they're going to wait yeah. a few, make, wait till noon, wait till 3 p.m. that day, wait till Tuesday. It, I so I think that's I think what you said may hold a lot of truth. Day one signing might be somewhere else of, uh, yes. of need, you know. Right, um, and then see where the quarterbacks are by the time uh, the evening news comes on. 
Um, okay, the other little tidbit of disinformation, misinformation <laughs> to come out of this uh, <laughs> is, okay, at PGH Steelers Now, Steelers Now, NFL Network Insiders, we're still talking about Ian Rappaport here, Ugh. said Mason Rudolph has indicated he's interested in a fresh start. And I'm thinking, has he indicated? No. Not publicly or something, you know? And uh, here's the quote. Rudolph, who will be a free agent next month, has indicated he's interested in a fresh start after six seasons. And I'm thinking, who has he, you know, again, if this was Ian Rappaport, he was like, has indicated to us, or his right. sources has have told us yes. that he's indicated in another. So, you know, Mason hasn't said anything. What has Mason said? Any Nothing. Nothing, which is ironic because Mason has actually said quite a bit because isn't he on that Ramon Foster show like multiple times in the last few weeks? Uh, I believe this also comes under the heading of agents and representatives and talking that because I do think it's in Mason's agent's best interest to be like, sure, Mason's looking for a fresh start. But it's also very easy to work your way around to Mason getting a fresh start in a real legitimate competition with Pickett this year. I mean, is Mason's best situation still going to be in? You know, if he it looks very around, well might be. You know, he looks around. and He's like, okay, well, you could compete for the job in Carolina or in mm -hmm. uh, Seattle. Where they're definitely not or... giving up on that kid in Carolina. Seattle's going to bring someone in. I mean, it's yeah, it's tough. I, you know, Pittsburgh still might be, and even if it's a, even if it's a competition where Kenny might be tilted in his favor, it still might be Mason's best situation. Right, because Mason has proven he could legitimately win that. Um, okay. He, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, okay, but wait, now all the, you know, all the talk <laughs> about Tannehill ended the minute that, uh, you know, ESPN had to weigh in. Let's mm -hmm. get to at Pat McAfee show. Pat McAfee, Pittsburgh is going to go out and get another quarterback. Adam Schefter says, keep in mind that Mike Tomlin is a big fan of Justin Fields. <laughs> Sound the alarm. <laughs> uh, you know, Tannehill, what? Now we're going to Justin Fields, even though has, has it, it's been has it been less than a week or maybe a week since Art himself said, um, well, sorry, I'm, you know, I didn't mean to say we're going to do a blockbuster trade. That's not really going to happen. Uh, I mean, it, I haven't seen that clip of Tomlin like cheering fields on at the combine or whatever or pro day or whatever that was that much since it happened. Like at the time, we didn't see that video as much as you've seen it of Tomlin cheering on this guy. I mean, it's I forget who made the point. Someone smarter than me. The Steelers just got rid of Mitch Trubisky, a guy that turned over the ball way too much. And Fields turns over the ball even more than that. <laughs> yeah, you know, not since uh, not since Tomlin was seen praising Malik Willis. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> eat chicken wings. Yeah, that's not since. Uh, but. Again, let's look at this quote from because again, they're not saying you know, it, no one's saying <laughs> Justin Fields. Here's the quote: uh -huh. We know Pittsburgh is going to go out and get some type of quarterback, whether that's Ryan Tannehill, whether that's Russell Wilson, whether that's Justin Fields. End of sentence. That's not a sentence. That's not a. That's complete a fragment. <laughs> that's a fr kids. If you're doing listening to this as you do your grammar homework, that's a sentence fragment. So what's missing is my sources tell me that, you know, Mike Tomlin is a fan of Justin Fields. Well, I think it's also missing like a noun, right? I mean, there's some verbs. <laughs> you can't diagram that, uh, Adam Schefter. Uh, wow. Well, 
that's not going to keep people from shutting up about Justin Fields like mm. at Chicago underscore NFL Ben Devine. It's not just head coach Mike Tomlin who has a crush on Justin Fields. There's some love in Pittsburgh's front office, according to PFF Brad. I can also <laughs> tell you some people in the front office are fans of Justin Fields. It's not just Mike Tomlin. Every It's the whole organization. Are you buying in now? It's a second round pick, I think, is what someone said for Justin Fields. Well, it's a second round pick, and it's $25 million. Because that's what it would take for that fifth-year option as soon as you got him. So, no, I don't think a second-round pick and $25 million for a guy that has far more turnovers than he does snaps with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry, no, 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 it's fine. I was, I was just going to say, I, I, I like the way you read this tweet, Cal, because I felt you got just enough contempt when you said PFF Brad. <laughs> I thought it was a parody. I had to click on it because... <laughs> There is a parody. There's like a PPP Brad, or there's a oh, there's an account okay. that is a parody, and I was like, is this a parody? Come on, it's right. I mean, it's it's PFF Brad. Sounds almost too good. Um, PFF Brad is. I mean, you know, if you bring in Justin Fields, is there a real QB no, competition? Absolutely not. You've given up on Kenny. You have definitely given up on Kenny. That's because you have to pay that $25 million for Fields. And, uh, yeah, Kenny's backing him up. And so you're you're locked into Fields for the next three years, two, three years at least. And then by then, uh, you've had to let Kenny go or try to re-sign him as a backup. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's lots of crazy. Like Cousins makes more sense to me than Fields. Wilson makes more sense to me than Fields. And neither of them make a whole, whole lot of sense unless, again, there are no takers and you're getting them on the cheap cheap Steeler fans you are out of your freaking mind out of your minds <laughs> Justin Fields why not just go get Patrick Mahomes I don't know right why not just um, at least that's a guy that's proven unlike Fields <laughs> but that's not gonna stop you know okay so if you don't think that Tomlin's a fan if you don't think the front office uh -oh. is a fan what about <laughs> At Gage Rage, picket to pick in season. Justin Fields is now minus 125 oh odds God. to play for the Steelers next year. Vegas oh odds are overwhelmingly in favor of the Steelers. If it, the, the next closest odds are uh, Chicago, staying put in Chicago at plus 200. Uh, nothing wow. else is even close. Um, now, what says you? Uh, do you believe in in the in the bookies? I believe in the Yenzers just throwing money away. What? How? Wow. It okay. So if I understand odds correctly, it's you would have to pay a hundred and twenty-five dollars. Yeah. To uh, and the Steelers have to get fields for you to win a hundred dollars. That's how what the odds are telling us. I mean, I would like any of these odds the commanders the raiders the falcons way more than this i mean wow especially the raiders because it's you don't want a team that's picking too too high up in the draft that's why i wouldn't go with the pats or uh or even the vikings wow that is that is insane this this bet is not good Yenzers, stay away. I wish I would have looked up if they were betting odds when, you know, when, remember when Rodgers was coming to Pittsburgh oh, for a yeah. minute there? You know, yeah. what the uh, what the odds were for that. But. It, it, I'm sure, you, I, I don't know if you could have gotten the same action, but wow, this is, uh, this is, this is a real easy way to lose $125. Okay, anything more? Oh, wait, we've got more QB talk. We're not done talking QBs. Okay. How about... At... 
the 33rd team FB, <laughs> the 33rd team. We've got pre-free agency QB rankings and sitting all the way at number 31. Out of, I had to think. I was like, are there even 32 teams? Yes, there are 31 out of 32. Kenny Pickett, only only uh, Zappy in New England uh is lower on these on the qb power rankings is are we really that uh is that really what the situation is with kenny pickett no because what's neat about this list is you can see how it was strategically designed for trolling to get people to outrage bait you know how you can tell one there's a few clues to that one is having pickett down at 31 you know what the other part of it is having it 18 uh brock purdy <laughs> well, the guy that played a very good game in the Super Bowl and didn't win. Do you really think there are 17 quarterbacks in the National Football League right now, including Richardson, who's been hurt since week nine and started five or six games better than Brock Purdy, better than Jalen Hurts, the guy that went to the Super Bowl a year ago, better than uh, Mayfield himself, who was a couple plays away from going to the title game against the Niners. This whole thing is designed for trolling. It's designed for engagement. I've certainly never heard of the 33rd team before today, but now this <laughs> list is everywhere. So like, I have to tip my cap at this level of troll game. If you had to make your own QB power rankings... You know, I'm not saying Kenny has to be, you know, top 20 even, but... Uh, no, but you'd have him ahead of Zappi. You'd have him ahead of O'Donnell. You'd have him ahead of uh, Howe. I'd have him ahead of Levis just because the way that game went. It, uh, I'd have him ahead of Ritter. I'd have him ahead of Young. And um, I'd have him ahead of Jones, but I'm I'm a believer. It, uh, and I guess that's where I'd have it, so I'd have him more... I mean, still in the 20s, but not like, you know, 31 to get us to talk about this. I mean, it's you could see them trolling the larger fan bases by having some of these teams further down. Um, if, if it's Mason, where where is Mason following that? <laughs> well, I mean, I think you kind of almost have to put Mason at a pretty similar spot. Like, because I, I, I'm not, I don't feel comfortable. I, You know what, I'd have him a little bit higher because I think Mason played, and maybe this is too easy a cop-out in terms of the analogy, not unlike Baker Mayfield. I mean, a guy that made all the plays he had to make and almost and did well in having his team play against a better team on the road in the playoffs. So I would have him kind of in the high teens, you know, eight, 17, 18, 19, um, you know, with Mason. I'd have Mason again ahead of Richardson at uh, I'd have Mason ahead of Fields. I haven't seen a lot of car, but I know those guys didn't win a whole lot of games. So I'd have Mason ahead of that, too. Uh, I'd have Mason ahead of Wilson because, you know, the, uh, the the Broncos were out of it and they didn't have the worst roster. So, yeah, so I'd have Mason uh, ahead of uh, Pickett, uh, like I said, in that 17, 18, 19 range. But also, th this wasn't designed to be accurate. This was designed for engagement. Yeah, yeah, this was uh, that's a uh, that's a good point. Or it was uh, who knows what it was done for, designed for. It's more right. of this. Oh, I'm sure lame... there's some analytics somewhere that explain this deep in the 33rd team files. Lame February content. You know what? What does Coach say? It takes uh, you got to do unique things. <laughs> and uh, hey, it's he not a mock draft. Down his leg, man. That's a great place to begin. <laughs> oh no, wait, that's not it. That's I was looking for. I didn't know. I didn't. I was looking for. Hey, the thirty third. Be willing to do unique things in order to expect unique results. Unique results. And that's just life. Just life. Just life. Um, more QB talk. We're not. Let's. We're not done talking QBs. Mm -hmm. At Michael Beck fifty six. Michael Beck. 
the Steelers' patience with Kenny Pickett is either going to completely waste the prime of a great number of Steelers players or turn into a stroke of genius, much more likely to be the former. Steelers are the only team to practice patience in the NFL anymore. Why are we? Why are we even giving Kenny a chance? Is, is uh, you know? Do we know we are? Do we know that he's not the franchise guy yet, or is it still to be determined? Yeah, I mean, this year is all about determining that. I feel like this conversation might have been very different had Pickett not been hurt in the Cardinals game. I feel like we would have been a lot closer to determining whether or not Pickett was the guy, but he wasn't. He was hurt. He didn't get to play, so we didn't get to find out. So this year is about definitively defining that. And, uh, yeah, it's right. It's either going to work out or it's a stroke of genius. It's more likely to not work out than to be a stroke of genius. But uh, that's quarterbacking. That's finding a quarterback. That's the NFL. That's what it is everywhere. It's a really good point, though. Beck brings up in that last sentence about the Steelers are really the NFL's last patient team. I, uh, I hadn't thought about it that way, but that's a really good point. I mean, I wonder if we might have been talking about the 49ers as one if they hadn't had Purdy, if they were still trying to gut it out with Lance, or if Hertz hadn't come along like he did. It's a very fascinating thing, but yeah, I mean, the Steelers are a naturally conservative organization in terms of trying to figure things out. So yeah, this patience will either be rewarded or it will be uh, potentially a wasted. Uh, I don't. It's also hard to say a wasted year because this wasn't a wasted year. They went to the playoffs. They yeah. found that how, just how strong the rest of their roster and its roster construction can be. So, but this is the year to find out. I, I, it feels very accelerated to me. But I'm a Steelers fan that's been around this team forever. So what feels like, you know, an on-rushing go-go-go thing to me reads like patience to the rest of the NFL. You know, other teams panic because they don't have, you know, they can't rely on maybe their coach or their system or, you know, hey, we got, mm -hmm. you know, we got a plan. Um, and that's, you know, that's what the Steelers thing is. I'm not, you're not, you know, we don't need to panic with Kenny because of the dollars in the contract mm -hmm. and, the you know what the options we have right now whether it's mason or out of the box or yes uh you know or all none of the above or whatever the above is right and or also, both maybe it's both it, maybe it very well could be both yeah and i just wanted to say it hit me now we talk so much about and we haven't in a while but about the Steeler way what's the Steeler way i think that last sentence kind of encapsulates it as much as anything else the Steeler way is patience i mean as much as winning and playoffs and hard-nosed defense and run the ball and all this it's patience Right? What did the great poet say? All we need is just a little patience. <laughs> patience. <laughs> Lame. One last thing on quarterbacks. Then we gotta we gotta take a break. Mm -hmm. Or I, th I think I don't know. <whistles> At Carter critiques Christopher Carter. I feel like the highest high of the Mitch Trubisky Steelers era was the very first game. Walked into Cincinnati, Pittsburgh spoiled the homecoming of the reigning AFC champs. Uh, granted, the defense was a lot more responsible, but 1-0 versus Joe Burrow with Pittsburgh. What is the Mitch Trubisky legacy? Is uh, it is is there one? You know, or or does he fall along the wayside of quarterbacks like um, Kent Graham? Kent Graham? Yeah, is he the is he the the latest Kent Graham? I I mean, I love Christopher Carter. I love his analysis. I do have to disagree here. It is beating Tom Brady in Pittsburgh for the final. Oh time. yes, it is that second yeah. half. It's and Mitch won that game. I mean, aggressive play yeah. calling, aggressive throws to Chase Claypool to end that game, at, uh, to take the air out of the ball and keep Brady off the field one final time. That is, because that's, I mean, it, otherwise, this is number two. I mean, this game against the Bengals where, you know, Deontay bailed him out with that incredible yeah. catch. 
in OT, but I mean, Mitch won the Tampa Bay game. Mitch beat Brady. And I got to say, you know, Mitch is gone and all that. I, I, you know, everyone's like, you know, you still read, how did the Bears draft him over Mahomes? You know, sometimes if you squint, you can see it. Like yeah, Minch really yeah. is. He, he runs like a gazelle. He's got a cannon arm. The dude is an incredible athlete. He just can't put it all together a lot. It almost is like the analytics were there, but the intangibles were not. Is that a tease for the second half? Uh, you know, some of the, the con season uh, coming up here. Um, all right, let's get to let's let's uh, let's take us out to the second half because we've got coming up. Uh, a conversation with Staff Sergeant Adam Alexander, who uh, went to the Super Bowl and got to meet T.J. Watt. Um, plus, we'll talk con season. Con season has begun, and maybe some already revisionist history of Colbert. You know, his <laughs> Colbert is like the rock of this year. He's flipped to heel all of a sudden. <laughs> all right, that is coming up in. The second half. We'll be right back. Raise your brand. You got it. Raise your brand. You want it. You got confidence. Secure. Feeling confident? Raise your brand. Got 150 million? Raise your brand. Need AI solutions to carbon-based insurance problems? Raise your brand and reach for AccraSure. Confidence, confidence, tried and secure. Raise your brand. Raise your brand. AccraSure. Raise your brand, raise your brand, AccraSure. Welcome back. It's the second half. And, you know, we, uh, we've, we've been promising you a special guest. Uh, this Sunday at the Super Bowl, TJ Watt in invited a special military veteran to Vegas to enjoy the game and uh, to do a meet and greet. And we have him here with us today. Joining me now, Staff Sergeant Adam Alexander. Welcome to What Jen's Talking About. Thank you. <laughs> now, you're a lifelong Packers fan, so we're not going to hold that against you. But <laughs> how, did, how did attending the Super Bowl compare to just, say, an average NFL game? I'm sure you've been to Lambeau a few times. Oh, sure. Yeah. It, it was crazy. The crowd was unlike anything I've ever seen before. And the energy and the atmosphere was just unbelievable. And on Vegas, on top of that, it's just <laughs> baseline insane. So you add the Super Bowl to that and next level stuff. What surprised you most about the experience? Was it just, you know, was it just the hordes of people? I'm sure there was tons of cameras everywhere. What was, yeah. what, what just really uh, surprised you most about the whole thing? It was extremely people-y, <laughs> I like to describe it. And just the, how this many people were able to sustain that level of energy for so long the entire weekend was just Unbelievable. I'm getting too old for these kind of parties. <laughs> cool was, to experience once. Could you, was the vibe, did the vibe start like on the plane? Could you tell people were like, you know, in their Niners gear or oh, in their, yeah. Yeah? For sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now you got to meet TJ Watt. You know, even though you're a Packers fan, was he on your radar at all from his Wisconsin days? Oh, absolutely. He is, the Watt family is royalty here in Wisconsin. So we've all, 
followed his career closely and were absolutely gutted when the Packers passed on him in the draft and traded out of the first round. So <laughs> what, but, what was it, uh, what was it like uh, meeting him? I mean, you know, he just kind of gotten snubbed uh, from defensive player of the years, but was he in yeah, a good, he good mood at all? A little bit, but yeah, he was still very in very good spirits and he's a super down to earth, humble guy. A lot of fun to talk to. Now I saw a picture of the two of you together. Either you know he's not super huge, or you've got some size yourself. Was uh, how, how did you compare? You sized up to him pretty well there. Yeah, we're similar heights, but he spends a little more time in the gym than me, I think. <laughs> but it, it's a, it was a lean, you know. It's he's not. Uh, I don't know. You know, I think of like uh, James Harrison, you know, who's kind of yeah. just like you know muscles coming out of everywhere. But right. TJ, yeah, TJ, he's, TJ not gonna, he's not the kind of guy that's going to bench press a Buick, but. <laughs> Um, you know, you were stationed in Afghanistan about, uh, I guess it was about 10 years ago or so, right? Um, a little over 10 years. Yeah. Okay. How much access back then did you have to the NFL? You know, could you watch on Sundays? Could you play fantasy football on, uh, over the internet? What, what kind of access, uh, did you have when you were stationed there? I have pretty good access because I was, uh, attached to a special forces team. So they were able to get all the, they're a little better funded than most yeah. <laughs> your typical army units, units. So we had pretty reliable internet and a TV in our chow hall with the air force network on it, which aired most of the games you had to get up. Obviously the time zones are different. So you had to get up at weird times to watch <laughs> games, but most of us were willing to do that. <laughs> Did, did, you know, did clicks form based on team allegiance, you know, like all the For Packers sure. fan? Yeah. What, yeah. It was more college football than NFL. I would say there's the, the military is primarily Southern. So there was a lot of Oklahoma and Texas fans, but. Oh, okay. There's actually another guy from Wisconsin in, in our little camp. So we were able to form our own little big 10 <laughs> that's interesting yeah not a lot of big 10 uh not a lot of big 10 represented in the uh in the service there as much <laughs> not not so much in our little family but now you have your own uh program uh tv program the outpost what what uh what are you talking about on there like what are you advocating for on there uh, we just kind of shine a light on the disabled american veterans chapter that i volunteer with our mission in the area and we give other veterans in the area forum to come on and share their stories because it can be therapeutic for a lot of people to get that off their chest and document it totally and what uh did you take a souvenir back from the super bowl or from or did tj give you a souvenir what what did you bring home with you from the game um i had him sign a few things and then USAA, who sent me out there, gave me a swag bag with like this shirt and another shirt and a hat and some other cool stuff. Awesome. And you and you took your father-in-law? Is that who your guest was? Yes, sir. So he, he, I'm sure, I mean, you know, was that a once-in-a-lifetime? He probably could remember every Super Bowl. Was that a, well, <laughs> definitely a once-in-a-lifetime for him, right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I had wanted to take my wife along, but she had been working crazy long hours she's a physician's assistant so she's been working crazy hours in her clinic so 
she wanted to spend some extra time with our daughter and understood that. So I kind of felt like it was her ticket to decide what to do with, and it meant a lot for her to have her dad come. So that's what we did. We had a great time. Wow. What an awesome, uh, yeah. What an awesome gesture, uh, you know, both on your wife's part and, uh, I guess on, on, on TJ's part too, to get you to the game. So, um, Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know, uh, I want to thank you for your service. Congrats on attending the Super Bowl, and uh, and thank you for your time today. Uh, where can uh, can we find you anywhere on the internet or on social media? Uh, not really. I don't have much of a footprint, but <laughs> hey, you're a better man than I. Then on that on that on that uh, flank, but um, hey, I appreciate Old you school. taking I appreciate you taking the time <laughs> and um. You know, again, thank you for your service and for what you continue to do, uh, you know, after the fact. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you. All right. So that dude was cool. Yes, he was. Um, mm-hmm. And appreciative of his time with us while we're Absolutely. talking. While we're talking, TJ, real quick. You know, I've been not interested in this <laughs> at all. It's but it's depressing. And so I'm not into individual awards, but we'll, we'll mention here at mm-hmm. Trade A 79, Trey Essex. Man, such a weird year. This time last year or any year prior, there was not one mention of some stat called pass rush win percentage or double team percentage being the determining factor and who gets defensive player of the year. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah, you know, TJ says, obviously from our point of view, TJ has gotten snubbed. Why has the NFL or, you know, the or the voters, which do not include Pittsburgh people, period, right. what does, you know, um... Why is it a snub? Why do, what do they see that we don't seem to see or vice versa? I've kind of tried to think about that. I do think there is something to Miles Garrett. It, 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 there is something to the Lifetime Achievement Award that the player is great as Miles Garrett. And he has a first ballot Hall of Famer, regardless if the Browns ever win another playoff game. He'll go into the Hall. He could retire today. He still will. I, I think there is something to him winning it when he was close enough and statistics that that him having not won in the past kind of pushes him over to the top, certainly with the best Browns team in many years. I think those two things kind of coming together. But that's as best as I can get as you as what I didn't realize until this year and reading all about it is just how few people vote on these awards. I thought it was yeah. writers that number in the hundreds, if not thousands from across the country. And it's far, far narrower than that. I don't even think it's triple digits of writers who vote on these things. So I, and I do not to tell you to listen to a different Steelers podcast, but we're here on the fans first sports network. And there's a lovely podcast. I believe it was Alan Saunders had Christopher Carter on and the two of them do a delightful, at least eight minute yelling rant about how much uh, they don't like PFF's uh, statistics and how in large part they've used the miles Garrett versus TJ Watt narrative to drive up their own engagement numbers at PFF. And this all is almost like the next step, of that so i giving it the benefit of the doubt i can see brown's best year maybe garrett's best year and that him being close enough to tj to push him over the top i i'm just you know i just can't i just don't i can't get invested into these individual you know like we don't do we ever think about who got snubbed in the pet like oh rod woodson should have won it in you know in 90 or um or you could say Barry Foster should have won it in 92 or something. The only one I ever think of is where James Ferrier came in second to Ed Reed. Uh, and I wa- I forget if that was the year the Steelers won Super Bowl 40 or 43. But, I mean, the difference is 
a lot of the great Steeler defenses of the odds that won Super Bowls, they were just that, multiple guys. I mean, I think Harrison has one and Polamalu has one. But, I mean, yeah. there were a lot of different great players on that. It wasn't like this where there's some very good players on it, and there's certainly Minka, but one truly dominant all-time player. This is kind of new for us in our Steelers experience. Yeah, Farrier, yeah, sure. You know, Farrier had that. You could make a bigger case for the Hall for him. Um, you know, and maybe TJ is thinking that, you know, this helps my Hall chances. You know it what helps? It would, yeah. Well, you know what else would is a, is a ring. Exactly. So. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I just Indeed. can't, you know, I'm not into these individuals. I don't oh, know. Oh, no, 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 no. Antonio it's, Brown could have been a player of the year when he had 2,000 yards. Oh, but then, absolutely. But then Julio Jones had 2,000 yards that same year. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, whatever. Right. Oh, I agree with you. Individual awards, whatever. Let's talk... Uh, let's go back to con season. It's con season now. Everyone is a GM. You can be a GM on social media or <laughs> on the content provider of your choice. <laughs> let's start with at Kevin Adams, 26 Kevin Adams. Mitch Trubisky, Chooks, Harvin, keep the cuts coming. You want change? You can't be afraid to trim the fat, all of the fat. That includes guys like Allen Robinson and Mason Cole. Wipe the slate clean and let Omar get to work. I love change. Okay, we <laughs> talked about the most patient team. But, uh, you know, are you ready to are you ready to get rid of guys like Allen Robinson and Mason Cole? I mean, the only reason I would leave Robinson, and I hate to do it, is just because he's owed so much money if he wanted to rework that contract i mean because robinson what a great team guy here's a guy that was bought here to be a slot receiver and by the end of the season he was basically a tight end blocking dude so if he <laughs> wanted to take less money that'd be great but i'd certainly understand they want to go somewhere else mason cole i do believe the steelers are going to bring in a center whether they sign a guy or they draft one very early and uh as we saw last year with broderick jones that guy's probably not starting week one so as much as uh, Mason hasn't been uh, great and has been less than they'd hoped, certainly in the last year, I expect him to be the starter unless this guy, the, whoever they bring in, particularly if it's someone they draft, has a Marquise Pouncey-like training camp. Couldn't you, you know, what about the Spencer Anderson? Didn't that guy have, play some center? That guy couldn't played you? like every position. That was part of the you know, reason they brought him in and not like another quarterback in the seventh round. Couldn't he compete with me? You know, you don't maybe don't have to draft. You know, everyone's like, oh, yeah, get, let's get that guy from West Virginia, if, you know, early. Or a guy from Oregon in the first round, which is like, oh. And I'm just thinking, maybe not. Well, maybe not. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe it's a battle between. What if you had a battle between Mason Cole and Spencer Anderson? And it's entirely possible. I mean, it's just that the Steelers under Weidel and Kahn have shown that the offensive line is a real priority. And the fact that they were so aggressive last year. And I mean, I still remember you and I leaving a show and getting the notification that signed Siamalu. And we were like, what? What? This is Saturday night at midnight. So I, I do expect them to do something dramatic just because it seems like the offensive line means more to them in terms of capital than like inside linebacker. Let's, uh, there was more con action at Alex Kazora. Alex Kazora, Presley Harvin's gross average year by year. These are gross. 2021, 33rd uh, out of 35 punters. 2022, 28th out of 34 punters. 2023, 32 out of 33 punters. Too many JV results. I guess this was the surprise cut, maybe, but... Um, I think the surprise cut was Chooks, that they couldn't trade him for, like, some kind of pick. Yeah. What about Presley? You know, it's like, I rooted for him because yeah. we had similar body types. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
I mean, he was a draft pick as a punter for whatever reason that hasn't worked out for the Steelers in recent years between Sepulveda and this guy. Harvin certainly seemed like a guy that worked hard and was very good at Georgia Tech. He uh, went through the thing with his father, and he was an easy guy to root for. And I do believe that as the season went on, it was worth it more to Tomlin to have that great holder than it was to try and get in, you know, the, the, the rotating just troop of unemployed punters who you can have show up at your stadium at any time on a Thursday afternoon to try out. But I think at the end of the season, there is an opportunity to upgrade this. It, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I hate to be one of those people that saw something in the Super Bowl and thought, man, I need that for my team. But wow, there was some quality punting in the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, it's like it's like Presley would flash a greatness just enough. Yes. You know, it's like you would be like, that's it. This is the final straw. And then he would cough and kick one and you'd be like, you know, punter for life. Mm -hmm. and, and then it would be three or four games with, you know. There was specifically a game, and I don't remember it, where Tomlin called out, I would say it was the first half of the season, where Tomlin called out Harvin as being a big reason they won the game. It might have been the Baltimore yeah. game at home. It was a big game at home. I forget if it was that. Was it the Raiders game? Maybe it was the Browns game at home. I don't know. But there was a game early in the season where Tomlin specifically called out what a good job Harvin did at the press conference. And then too many times at the press conference later on, mm -hmm. Tomlin would call out how Harvin did not do a good job. Um, how? Whoops. Yep, that's correct. How about, that's not the only, we already talked about it a little bit, but, mm -hmm. or you brought it up, at Steeler Nation, Steeler Nation, Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin is to blame for the team's failure to develop Chooks Okafor. It's like, God, this Steeler Nation site is garbage it, takes. They really are the worst. That's it. But to give <laughs> to give them a little bit of credit, this was actually Joe Starkey on the fan. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> uh, you know, but uh, pot kettle, I think, as far right. as. Anyway, um, okay, there's a lot on this. First, there's Chooks is cut. Is Tomlin to blame for the team's fail? I'm not. I'm not going to go that far. I don't think that Chooks necessarily was a failure. I mean, he was a third round pick who earned a second contract, right. and um, you know something went down. Uh, whether it was the fact that they just drafted a stud, or did he really say something that? Uh, you know, put him on Mike Tomlin's hell list. It's it, the weirdness is for all the years we've had Tomlin as a coach. This is the first time I can remember a story like this, where like a guy said something and it was quoted multiple times in that why he was demoted. Of course, it just happened to coincide with the fact there was a far more talented, higher draft pick who could take over that position, and the team excelled afterwards. But still, this is this is new. I mean, I've never seen something like this. I tend to agree with you it's a third round pick from a max school i forget which one and they coached him into being a starter what they didn't do is coach him into being a star whether yeah. that was on him yeah. or that was on them and i think that's what ultimately got him swallowed up uh that he never p could play the left side or dan moore was just better at it than him he got quashed in this numbers game but the fact that chooks's comment at the end of the jaguars game which if, I, I, which i think everyone's kind of come back to is basically the snarky thing that just about all of us said at one point or another watching the Steelers offense this year well why don't we just punt uh once we get the ball with five minutes left and I mean I, I, maybe it was said more than that maybe it was said with some expletives I don't know but that comment uh I don't know maybe I kind of assume it was the straw that broke the camel's back and maybe Chooks had said some other things and Jones was ready and here we are but it's it's a unique situation for a player to be demoted like this during the Tomlin era
not good enough. Yeah, I mean, you know, he mm-hmm. was just not uh, not exactly. Although, you know, he, you know, I mean, he was though. I mean, he was until. I mean, the penalties aside, but, you know, he was good enough. He was good. He was fine. Yeah, I mean, there's there's far worse right tackles. Uh, uh, maybe they overpaid for him, but that's also what you're paying for a right tackle to start the National Football League. But in a division with Trey Hendrickson, Miles Garrett, whatever series of guys the Ravens have, it's you're going to have to keep upgrading that position. All right, one more thing on con season. It, well, it's not, it's not. It's Colbert season <laughs> at... Stats guy Daniel, Daniel Valente. So the Steelers were basing their decisions off pure vibes. That certainly explains a lot. This is coming off the interview where Kevin Colbert uh, admitted he doesn't, he, you know, didn't really believe in analytics. Uh, We had analytic people and I used to challenge them. I said, when, when you guys can uh, tell me how to measure the person's intangibles. (laughs) Colbert has been getting a little bit of heat on social media. People were looking back at the 2021 draft class. They're looking back at the 2018 draft mm-hmm. class. But, you know, they're they're not failures. They might We might look back now as failures, but it's like Artie Burns and Sean Davis, I mean, they played out their contracts and they started. You know, they're not just because they weren't career lifers doesn't necessarily make them uh a a failure of a pick just because it wasn't a uh you know a great success there is a there is a middle in between they didn't live up to their draft capital they didn't live up to the draft capital that was spent upon them i think is more what i think is what that's what the intelligent criticism would be i think so much of what the critic the jet the what criticism there should be of colbert is i think I don't even know if it's criticism. It's people kind of coming to terms with what the strategy was at the end. The strategy wasn't necessarily let's build the best team and let's build this foundation for championship. It's how could we possibly make one last run with Ben? And like at the time, a lot of those picks were made with that in mind. People would say that and it's easy to forget that now. I mean, that doesn't explain, you know, Artie Burns not developing into a pro bowler and Sean Davis, who did start games and was a capable safety in many of them. He just wasn't a star. That doesn't explain those picks, but it does start to explain 2019 on when it was you're getting into that last run with Ben. That's what all these draft picks were designed to do. And the bill has come due for that. Well, you know, let's be specific who I mean, um, Kendrick Green mm-hmm. um, is, you know, one, but, but, you know, um, I mean, what, who, 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 who well, I mean, I, but I think this, and I, I, I did realize I should say as it coincide with that is that it, it's, and you've brought this up before and it's such a good point. This coincides with when we were getting ready for the final run with Ben, the entire offensive line fell apart and there was yeah. no way to put it all together. And that kind of snuck up with them almost after that draft. So there was, you know, so we're signing Trey Turner and we're signing all these weird guys and it's, and there's just no way to have, so, you know, Najee Harris and Pat Fryermouth are very good players who can be the nucleus of a great offense, but as rookies looking back, they weren't necessarily ready to be the best weapons behind an offensive line that immediately became porous. 
I mean, we're. I think if I think the further we get away from 2021, we look back at that and we're going to realize we had we were playing like an NCAA All Star team and Ben against the National Football League <laughs> yes. and went to the playoffs. I mean, I you know, and less than that on the defense, particularly on the defensive line. I mean, it's it's when they were. I mean, that's where they found Mon Adams and all these guys. Like it's, remember they signed him off the Saints practice squad because there was nobody to stop the run in Minnesota. Oh like, God, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. Archibald. Archibong mm-hmm. and uh, right. and who else was playing? I don't. De- uh, Deontay, uh, someone. Deontay. I, you oh know. yeah, there were all these guys, right? It's it's yeah. There was it it the idea of let's make one last run with Ben got wiped away and uh, washed away in waves of injuries. You know, but you know, if you look at who I would say, what was you know, what was a bigger bust of a pick? Was it a Sean Davis or a Terrell Edmonds? And I, you know, I think they were both pretty serviceable. Uh, Edmonds f- was a far better player than Davis. I mean, I I think Edmonds. What Edmonds ran into is he wasn't a perennial Pro Bowler. Too, he was you know picked a few picks ahead of Lamar, and also I think just it, safety, almost like running back, became devalued a bit, particularly when you have the game's best safety on your team. And I think that was what Edmonds always got criticized for a bit unfairly. Yeah, and maybe we'll see him again. Yeah, someday. I was thinking that same Who thing. Knows? Yeah, maybe. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, wait. I think the band is trying to take the field. Is is it? I don't know because the sound is off. When the sound is turned on, I heard something <laughs> about. <laughs> Needed that at the Super Bowl halftime. Oh, if the oh, you know what would the how cool would it be if uh, you know when the Steelers get to the Super Bowl next year that the marching band breaks it out or something? It, it, it would be incredible. It would be great. It really would. Your usher, you know, it wouldn't be usher. It would be uh, you know. I bet usher could sing it. Oh yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. You know, ladies and gentlemen, here's. <laughs> Sticks. I was going to say, Usher playing the hard rock hits of the 70s would actually make for a very entertaining show if he wanted to tank his career. <laughs> um, well, speaking of Super Bowl, let's get to a few odds and ends. I didn't even I didn't want to even talk Super Bowl. I, wait, wait, where is it? Oh, there we go. I didn't want to talk Super Bowl mm-hmm. until, but, you know, the hometown guy <laughs> at Steiger World, John Steigerwald. I don't suppose it's possible to get back to playing the NFL championship at 1 p.m. on a Sunday in the home stadium with a high school marching band uh, playing at halftime. You know, just like when you only wanted to watch the game. You know, the only only the uh, the grouchiest of grouches could find the ultimate hot take on the Super Bowl. <laughs> mm, the good old days of 1 p.m. on a Sunday where there was no commercials. and I mean, it's, it's again, it's one thing to be like, ah, I remember my childhood better than it is. It's something else to be like, ah, I stand to thwart capitalism. <laughs> and this is just ridiculous to me. I mean, it's, it's I, I mean, Super Bowl parties. So, I mean, look, I, I, the one thing I will say for the Super Bowl is that like all of the people in my acting class watch it. They don't see a football game in their entire life. Lives, like except for that one game it's the one thing that brings people into the nfl more than anything else so i'm fine with it being a party except for you know those of you that are the diehard fans of the two teams in it in which case that's all superfluous 
yeah i tried to go get a set in uh and like I, and people were like canceling on me you know our friend julie was like i'm out it's like it's the biggest day for commercial agents or something i'm like okay i'll you know i'll watch the commercials too on uh yeah on youtube at yeah. night Maybe I'm maybe me and Steige are uh, in the same boat. I want to get back to the 1 p.m. games. The high school band should be playing in the halftime. Oh Not my goodness! This this stupid game. Okay, let's talk about <laughs> next year's Super Bowl. <laughs> At Bear Bets Pod, Bear Bets Pod. It's never too early to look at next year's Super Bowl odds, is it? it might be a little too yeah, it early. It might be a little too early. It's, well, it was Valentine's Day yesterday. Here's the tw ranked 26, the Steelers, <laughs> plus 10,000. Only, uh, only in the NFC, in the AFC, only the Pats and Titans have worse, uh, worse odds. Is now, wow. the, is now the time to bet? I don't if know. If you got a hundred bucks lying around and you got some faith, you could be, you could have the, you could have the biggest bragging 10 grand ever what if you had 500 bucks and you put it on one on or what if you had 400 bucks and you put it on those four afc teams steelers broncos pats titans uh would you take that 400 bucks and you're getting uh 12 000 back 400 bucks i'm getting 12 000 back i mean it's why it's easiest for me to pick the steelers it's not just because i'm a fan it is because of uh trent and james watt I mean, having yeah. this one player that can go and wreck an entire game. And I don't see that on the other squads. Like, I know the Broncos have a pretty decent defense and a pretty good pass rush. And I know the Titans have some okay guys on defense. So, if everything... But I, I, I don't know that... Like, if the Steelers, if everything comes together, wow, this team could make a run at something, I'm not sure those other three teams necessarily have that. All right, so you're not betting, not a betting man. No, uh, no, I'm, I'm not a betting. I don't think I've bet since like Florida State Notre Dame in like 1995. But well, I remember. I think I remember my first bet was betting that Major Harris would win the Heisman. Wow! And he lost to was it Andre Ware? I think uh, or, uh, I have no idea. But I know Andre Ware won one. But well, you know, certainly no Mountaineer won one. But that was my first. I bet. Uh, I bet. Did I bet five bucks? I paid in quarters. I remember. Wow. To Mike Hudock. That's okay. a lot of laundry. All right, let's go. Is this the final word? <laughs> let's go to. This wasn't even a tweet. This was an email. Mm -hmm. Whoops. Well, I'll give you the tweet sound anyway. Whatever. Mm -hmm. Steelers annual black and gold clearance event, fifty percent off. Mm -hmm. This Plus, is the time to buy. Well, yeah, plus last-minute Valentine's Day gifts. And I was like, oh, this is where you get your Mitch Trubisky jersey, <laughs> right? For Sign Devin Bush helmet. Yeah. Uh, but no, uh, the, the exclusive item <laughs> is for the Valentine's Day special, the terrible towel in pink. Pink bling. Pink bling, only 20 bucks. I guess that's just the price for all terrible towels. Yes. Um, and then I was thinking, like, have I ever seen a pink terrible towel in the wild? I mean, I've seen, you know, I I feel like I've seen them for sale. The ones that were uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month, uh, Komen for the Cure, whatever it was. This appears to not be that. This seems to just be a pink terrible towel. You're right. It doesn't say, yeah, it doesn't say, like, we're going to cure cancer. Right. Or it, it doesn't just, even say Happy Valentine's Day or yeah, anything. Yeah, it just says this towel is pink, and I think it has sukuins or something on it on the letters, right? Oh. Or something, some little dots. At uh, I mean, obviously, all the terrible towel money does go in part to charity, but this one's not specifically like, hey, we're stopping breast cancer. This one's like, hey, we're stopping you from having a yellow towel. 
Yeah, pink means friendship, right? White <laughs> means no. White means friendship. Pink means uh, romance. I would hope. Romance. Red means love. Is that? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that sounds good enough for our football podcast. Yes. I if I received a pink terrible towel for Valentine's Day, it, it would probably be the best gift ever. <laughs> if I gave a ter a pink terrible towel for Valentine's Day, it would probably be the worst gift ever. <laughs> So I wouldn't recommend it unless you want to send me one. I'm at Kyle Christ. <laughs> oh, well, I think that is what we've been talking about. That's what we've been talking about. Follow me on TikTok. I'm at Kyle Christ. Or, you know, maybe send, maybe put a comment on hey. YouTube, maybe, or review on iTunes. Or subscribe to us on YouTube. Subscribe. What, you know, what is, uh, I don't know what the best metric right now. I wouldn't mind a review. I like seeing that. Oh, yeah. No, those are cool. iTunes or YouTube. Um, yeah, subscribe. That's always cool. Like and subscribe so you can get those alerts when you're, you know, when you're five minutes to deadline at work and all of a sudden it's like, oh, alert. There's a new What Jin's Talking About pod. And it's like, okay. All right. <laughs> right. Greg, what are you on social media? Uh, alas, I am. You can find me at Greg Benevent on Instagram. That's uh, G-R-E-G, V as in boy, E-N-E, V as in Victor, E-N-T. A week from today on Game Show Network, watch Blank Slate, where uh, yours truly tries to win some people some money. Tries is the uh, key word there. I'm not like Ian Rappaport, where I'm like, expectations are high for these contestants. Nope. I uh, I didn't I didn't I didn't win the money. Hmm. Spoiler. But tune in anyway. Um, anything else? Uh, you can catch us at Flappers Comedy mm -hmm. Club. Yes. Saturdays. Mm-hmm. Seven and nine. All right. Until next week. Coming up in March. March, or the return of March Madness. Steelers March Sadness. Mm. The 64 saddest moments in Steelers history. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking maybe we'll do a, maybe a week of, maybe like a play-in week even. Yeah. You know, we have a play-in game because. Anything to not talk about a mock draft. No mock drafts, no power rankings besides what we made fun of today. <laughs> what else? No, specu no speculation, no regulation. That's right. All right, until next week, keep listening to your coach. Be the best selves. That's going to be required. Stay in school.